This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the TP5 and TP5X Golf Ball. Love every shot with the most complete ball in golf. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. And for a change, the three of us are all here on a winter edition of Golf Talk Canada. You know, we've been globetrotting. Bob uh, climbed the Eiffel Tower, I believe from the outside this time. Um, Adam and I uh, blew the largest lead in Canadian history at the Can-Am Cup. Uh, but it's been fun. It's been a fun go. I know you guys were out in Whistler. I mean, we've been all over the place. Bob's been out on the East Coast. But I know we're in the winter golf season here, boys. But, I mean, we have there's so much news. It is unbelievable. I, it is hard to imagine that in the middle of October, between lawsuits, new events, big names winning tournaments, I mean, Bob, this doesn't feel like October at the moment. Uh, it doesn't feel like October from a news standpoint. It certainly doesn't feel like an uh, October from a weather standpoint either. I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's, so I don't know what it is. It sounds like shorts and, uh, and golf shirt weather out there around these parts. But you're right. It's been, uh, it's been a crazy time uh, from all standpoints when it comes to golf. Could you get a tee time this weekend at Weston if you wanted one? Because you cannot get one at the Toronto Hunt, apparently. Yeah, it was pretty tough on Saturday and Sunday. There were a few open slots, like if you wanted to join up with another group of three or something, but it was it was pretty slim. Now, Adam, we've just returned from the Can-Am Cup. How is your liver? Uh, are you okay uh, with the lead that Canada blew? We started up 9 nothing after day one, eventually completely collapsing, and a member of the team almost getting tased on oh. Saturday night. Uh, how are, how are you doing this morning? Oh, I'm I'm great. I don't know about you, but I, I feel fresh <laughs> as a daisy. I'm hydrated. I'm everything. And uh, unfortunately, our team couldn't get it done. The Sunday final round, the double points came back to to haunt us, if you will. But we had a great time at Myrtle Beach. It was my first time. Uh, in the Myrtle Beach area, some great restaurants around. Obviously, the golf was amazing. The weather really warmed up throughout the day. Uh, really enjoyed my experience playing. And Mark, I mean, I know I didn't, I didn't get to see you shoot 65. I saw you shoot a little higher for our nine-hole match uh, during uh, Sunday's or Saturday's final day. But all in all, a great time uh, in Myrtle Beach at the Can-Am Cup. You know, before we get to news and headlines, because we got a lot to chew through here, I don't know why any of us actually play this game. <laughs> and, and why? Because uh, it has got to be the most frustrating, agonizing sport in the world. You get off a plane, you, you go play what theoretically is a very hard golf course, and, you know, you can't miss. And you, you like, literally play as good as you could possibly play. And then for the next two, three days, you just gradually start to go off a cliff to the point where you get to your last nine-hole match and you don't know what end of the golf club you should be holding anymore. Like, Bob, really, uh, golfers must be insane to, to enjoy this the way we do. And it's amazing how it happens at every level, right? From, from PGA Tour professionals down to weekend hackers, you can go out one day and look like you're going to win everything and then the game's just so easy and you come out the next day and you don't know which end of the club to hold. It's a, uh, it's a frustrating game, and that's probably part of the challenge for me is uh, – Hoping you can find those good days more than the bad days. Totally. And, you know, that's a great segue because we're going to talk a little CJ Cup coming up on the other side where Rory McIlroy moves to number one in the world. And someone just asked us on Twitter, hit us up just before the show went live. 
you know, is Rory just great because he's, you know, statistically consistent? Or is he becoming a better closer? You know, he bogeyed two of his last three holes yesterday to win by one. I kind of said he's almost a victim of his own success in the sense that we expect Tiger-like closing numbers. Unrealistic. Rory's just there all the time now. We'll take a look at what he's done in his last 15 starts and what he did yesterday to return to number one in the world. We'll do winners, where and what. We're going to get you caught up on our winter golf schedule as well as a lot of leaderboards in the world of golf. I mean... There was a ton of golf played yesterday and some quality golf from some big names in the world of golf, including Lydia Ko. But let's start with some news and some headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger, everybody knows one. All right, gents, the PGA Tour announced the four new elevated events for 2023, and there are some scary spots in this schedule and some real challenges uh, when it comes to this uh, this new 23 elite status. Let's start with the ones that already existed. Kapalua kicked it off to start the year elevated event. The next event up would have been uh, the Genesis Invitational. Now it is the Phoenix Open leading into Genesis. And then the Arnold Palmer on the other end of that. So it's going to go Phoenix Open, Genesis, Honda, Arnold Palmer, three of those four. Jack Nicholas showed some concerns about this schedule. Obviously, Honda in a really, really difficult spot. The Players' Championship remains an elevated event. No surprise there. The Dell match play, the WGC, no surprise there. RBC Heritage announced elevated status. That's the week after the Masters. RBC getting one of their two events. The Canadian Open may be in a bit of a sticky situation here. I'm still confident the Canadian Open has been so successful over the last couple of years. Players want to play the week leading into a major. It leads in the U.S. Open. But this is a tough spot to schedule, boys. The Memorial Jacks event, elite. Then RBC Canadian Open. Then U.S. Open. Then Travelers Championship. So if the RBC Canadian Open is on your schedule and you're one of the best players in the world, you're going to play Four weeks in a row. Obviously, there is the three uh, FedEx Cup events and the Wells Fargo is added to the elite status. Bob, who's the winner? Who's the loser in the new schedule? Boy, it's hard to determine, try and figure that out. Um, I was kind of noodling around this for a piece I wrote last week, and it's it's sort of difficult when you look at where things are. But um, this is the first year, and those four events, those four additional events are floaters, so they're going to change basically every year. And from a couple of people that I talked to, it's, it's very likely that there'll be some movement on the calendar as to which tournaments are on what dates in the coming years, just to kind of uh, make it a little more palatable. For instance, if you, look, if you go from the PGA Championship through to the Travelers Championship, that's six weeks and there's five big events in that stretch if the, if the RBC Canadian Open is slotted in as an elevated uh, tournament. So you can't do that, I don't think. But I think having talked to some people from RBC, they are very confident that the uh, two things. They're very confident that in the future, the Canadian Open will be an elevated event. They feel that they've proved that through the last two editions in 2019 and 2022, how popular it was, what the um, outcome was, how thrilling it was. So I think that's the first part. I think the second part is that this year they're pretty confident that they can still draw a big field, partly because of what you said, Mark, in terms of the week before a major, and partly because they have the wherewithal to entice people to come. They know the defending champ's going to be there, Rory, 
and we'll see what they can do with some of the other players. Um, but, you know, it's difficult now because these elevated tournaments are, are can't miss, just as, as majors are too. So as you say, these guys are going to play a lot of golf during certain stretches of the year, and then they'll make up for that at the end of the year when there's no, they don't have to. If you're in the top 70, now you don't have to play in the fall if you don't want to. Now, now Adam, to Bob's point, these are going to move around. But for 2023, for me, it's very clear. Honda loses in 2023. I think that, for me, is clearly the loser on this schedule. Yeah, and, and, and Honda's field last year wasn't great as well, and it hasn't been for a couple of years, really since Tiger made that, that comeback from the spinal fusion surgery when he was playing in 2018, really helping that field. But since then, it really hasn't been all that good. In terms of a major winner uh, throughout this new schedule, I'd say the, the Waste Management Phoenix Open, having all those top players in the world playing in that tournament with the Super Bowl going on that same Sunday. That's going to be, that's good. that entire Sunday is going to be couch in potato the same city. in the same city like i'm going to be glued to my couch that entire day it's just gonna be amazing and i mean for, but for the rbc canadian open i i really hope the the field stays the same in terms of the strength of field I am curious in terms of where they're going from Oakdale, you know, going out west. I know traveling is not big of a deal for these guys. They do it all the time, but they will be going across a couple time zones from Oakdale to LACC. Um, but in terms of, I, I, yeah, it, the RBC Canadian Open, it's too bad that uh, it's in this situation right now, given the, the, the stretch, like you mentioned, Bob, five of six weeks, a lot of these guys will play. But Mark, like you said, too, Oh, these players like to play the week before major championships. They like to ramp up their games in that way. So I'm not too, too worried about the RBC Canadian Open this time around. But once we get to next year and hopefully the year after, if the RBC Canadian Open is given elevated status, it'll be awesome to see the top players in the world playing here. And one other point before we put a button on this. To Bob's point, the top 70 are not going to have to play after the FedEx Cup for the first time in many years. So... Even though they're going to be asked or potentially challenged to play four weeks in a row, which they don't like to do, they know the season ends the last week of August. They know that they don't have to keep playing September, October, November, December, etc. So maybe it makes it easier for the best players in the world to take larger hunks of the schedule and play four weeks in a row, knowing that there is actually an end to the season, a proper end. Uh, I think that might help alleviate some of the congestion for lack of a better term, in the schedule. Cameron Young, PGA Tour Rookie of the Year. Obviously, there were some other names floating around. Sahitha Gala had a great rookie year. Uh, but for me, Cameron Young, guys, this was a no-brainer. Bob? Yeah, I agree with you. I think he uh, he put on a, quite a show, even though there was no win, but he still did get the uh, all those great finishes and uh, was up near the top 10, uh, made the uh, President's Cup team. I mean, it's just such a solid year for a rookie and a guy who's come a long way from his days playing the PGA Tour Canada and, you know, Corn Ferry Tour and all these different circuits where he's grown up and, and uh, really cut his teeth. And I, I think he's very, very impressive young player. And Adam, uh, the, the seconds and the top fives, they came in big events. It, this is not a guy that, you know, pushed the envelope at the Sanderson Farms or at this or that. This is a guy that went out there on 
the, the biggest stage and almost got those wins. This is a guy who finished second at the Genesis Invitational. This is a guy who eagled the 72nd hole at the Open Championship to come second place there. A whole bunch of other second place finishes too. This guy, a lot of fun to watch, made the President's Cup team. And like we've mentioned before, it's great to see the strength of, of the game of golf overall. We didn't know who Cameron Young was this time last no. year. You know, thinking back to 2020, we didn't really know who Will Zalatoris was or Scotty Scheffler was, and look where they are now. So Cameron Young, well-deserving of the PGA Tour Rookie of the Year. And more live news. Um, now, the PGA Tour filed a countersuit two weeks ago now, I believe. might have been three weeks ago in California. Now there's a new lawsuit filed in New York. Um, it seems like a bit of a fishing expedition, this new lawsuit. Not too sure exactly the parameters of that. And then documents leaking last night, Bob, that Live Golf lawyers asked for all communications between PGA Tour and a list of players they gave. They gave 70 names on that list, and Anthony Kim's name was on that list. I mean, the more news that comes out of this story, and, you know, at the end of this season, when we do our year in review, there is no doubt, regardless of what happens, unless Ben Hogan resurrects himself from the dead and wins a golf tournament, live golf for all its bad and all its potential, whatever good maybe that has come out of it, I don't know, whatever it is, it's news story of the year in golf. But, but Bob, it just keeps getting more bizarre. Well, these things tend to happen in Discovery, which is sort of the stage they're at now. They have to offer up, you have to say, okay, here's everything. And the other guy has to say, okay, here's everything we did. And it's not only just the players they've talked to, it's sponsors, it's agents. It's, they want a complete list of every single person who the PGA Tours and Live Golf has talked to. And it goes on and on and on. And um, you'll get a lot of these kind of things. I don't know how much it actually means in the end. Like it's kind of bizarre that Anthony Kim is being talked to, but to what end? I'm not really sure. It could be, you know, it, it could be something fairly minor. Um, but it's it's going to get weirder and, and more strange and unusual uh, before it before this thing is uh, is settled in any way, shape, or form. Adam, really, like Anthony, Anthony Kim, would you in a million years, if I had said, give me, give me 500 players' names that they they requested communications between, would would Anthony of Kim would have been in that 500? I don't know. I mean, he's the one guy, there's been so much intrigue about his career. You know, he goes out and makes 11 birdies in one round at Augusta National. He's riding the bull in the 2008 Ryder Cup. All the stories of what he was doing off the golf course coming out. Then he has this injury. There's a lot of intrigue around him. I am curious if this does actually come to fruition. He is someone who would maybe drive ratings a little bit. I mean, I know they only had 18,000 people watching in Bangkok on, on YouTube, but he is, he is someone who, he, he's, I wouldn't call him a polarizing figure in the game of golf because he hasn't played any golf in quite some time, but there was a lot of upside to his game before the injury occurred. He, he's a mystery is what the intrigue is. It, it's the mystique and the mystery behind why he walked away, the potential insurance policy, the, the legend of the partier, the talent, the natural talent, like this guy was gifted, and he just kind of walked away uh, with injury. Um, but I just, I again, when's his la- when was his last start on tour, Bob? Off the top of your head, do you remember his last start on tour? Were we like uh, eight years now? 2012, maybe something like that. Is that right? Ten years? So maybe longer. Little, We're like closer to that. ten years. Yeah, I think yeah. at least that. Anyway. And a name on a list. It's like think of that. think of the other names. 
that have been inactive for 10 years. Like, like I want you to think about inactive names for over a decade on a communication list for Live Golf. Absolutely bizarre. On the other side, CJ Cup, Rory McIlroy, number one player in the world. And guess who had him in the TSN Edge picks this week? Bob Weeks, yours truly. We go three weeks in a row, Bob, with TSN Edge winners. Aren't we smart? Boy, I like it when we're smart. I feel so left out. <laughs> Why didn't I have Rory? <laughs> oh. Smart or lucky? I'm not sure, right, Mark. Boys. I'm not sure which we are, smart or lucky, but well, I'll take a winner. That's all I, I know. Am. On the other side, CJ Cup. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade. TaylorMade and the TP5 and TP5X Golf Ball. Love every shot with the most complete ball in golf. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Experience the iconic Cadillac sedans and SUVs in a personalized live video tour with all your questions answered in real time. Book your tour at Cadillac.live. The PGA Tour was in South Carolina this week. The CJ Cup, supposed to be in Korea, but for the second year in a row, actually the third year, I believe, in a row, due to the pandemic, on American soil, Congaree Golf Club in South Carolina. And Rory McIlroy defends his title that he won last year in the desert, gets over to the East Coast, gets it done. It's 17 under par. It's a one-shot win over Kurt Kitayama, a two-shot victory over K.H. Lee, and a three-shot lead over Tommy Fleetwood and John Rahm. He closes with 67. He had a three-shot lead with three to play, but Bogey's at 17, Bogey again at 18. It's a one-shot win. In his last 15 starts worldwide, Rory McIlroy has three victories, five top fives, and two top tens in his last 15 starts. He now vaults to number one in the world. I have a question for Adam and Bob, but before we give that question, let's hear from our winner, Rory McIlroy. Someone had told me on the Friday night of the Valero Texas Open when I missed the cut that I'd be world number one by October. I uh, would ask them what they were smoking because I would not have believed them. So, um, yeah, it's just been a been a wild six months. You know, I just I I figured a few things out with my game, and uh, I've just been on a on a really good run. Um, everything sort of feels like it's 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 came together for me, and um, you know, today was just a continuation of, of how I've felt like I've been playing over these last few months, and um, you know, and now it's all about going forward and and, and trying to just trying to just keep this going um yeah but it's it's amazing uh yeah i I've, you know i yeah but it's a lot the process right now just with everything but um just really proud of myself with uh with how i handled this week knowing what what was at stake and and, and really just you know how i've how i've played over over these last few months 
You got to love Rory's transparency. It's part of the reason. There's a lot of reasons to love Rory McIlroy, but one of them is it's just how honest he is. He said, if I, when I walked off the golf course on Friday at the Valero Texas Open, he says, if I, you had told me by October, I'd be number one in the world. I, that's what you're spoken. You know, he, he is, he, he allows himself to be vulnerable and, and says the truth. Here's my question for both you gentlemen. We all know how talented he is. Um, with the exception of Tiger Woods, and possibly Phil Mickelson, in a lot of people's opinions, in the last 30 years, possibly the most naturally gifted golfer, just born with gifts. Not to say that people don't put in exceptionally hard work. Naturally born gifts without hard work equals nothing. I'm not suggesting that. But the one knock against Rory, and, and I've been someone who's kind of said this over the years too, is he never really had the eye of the tiger all joking aside. He never, you know, Tiger wanted to beat you. You know, he was so focused. He was so singularly focused on winning majors and crushing you. And and Rory just seemed at times in his career aloof. Is live golf the best thing to ever happen to Rory McIlroy? Has live golf lit a fire under this guy and created a passion that we haven't seen in several years that I'm going to be the face of this sport and I'm going to be number one player in the world and I'm going to be the guy to not only push back in pressers and, and in interviews, but with my clubs and with my record. Adam, am I, got, am I on any track here at all? Wow, I never thought of it that way. I, I more thought of it as, you know, Rory playing with a chip on his shoulder and taking on that leadership role. And, I mean, we know how right after he won the RBC Canadian Open, the, the digs right then and there, uh, first with, with CBS and then to, uh, to us, the press sitting uh, in the press center after, saying one more than Greg Norman. So I, I guess, Mark, you're correct in terms of Live Golf helping Rory take that next step in terms of motivation. But, I mean, prior to Live, you know, the, the, the runner-up finish at the Masters, I know he wasn't really, a, you know, seriously in contention for that tournament the great final round and then playing well at the other majors as well top eight finishes at all four majors and i mean you could think of it that way also is his game from 75 to 150 yards is has something has switched with rory since mid-may and he's now one of the top players in the world in that matter you also look at his final rounds in his last eight final rounds his worst is a 70 and that was at the final round of the Open Championship. So this guy has found something. You mentioned his worldwide starts. I'm sure Rory wishes the Masters was this week instead of in, what, five, six months away from now. But he's so impressive to watch right now. And maybe, Mark, it goes down to the motivation from Liv. Well, I, statistically speaking, we always knew that 75 to 125 wedge window was always the one that we talked about. Bob, you and I talked this to death because we're saying, what good is it being the greatest long driver of the overall golf ball in the world if your wedge game stinks, right? He addressed that. I'm talking more about what Adam said about Sunday scoring. That Sunday scoring number that Adam's talking about, that's fire in the belly. That's focus. That's the will to win. Uh, stats are Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You know, roll putts like you're not afraid of the one coming back and get up and down when you have to. That's getting it done on a Sunday. That's my question to you about the fire in the belly and I, I posed it in a funny way. Is live the best thing to happen to Rory McIlroy? What I'm saying is, is I, I think it really woke Rory up and gave him some kind of new gear. I think you can look at it that way. I, sit, I think there's an on-the-course and off-the-course part to this. And I think off-the-course, he's 
become the guy now, officially, if he wasn't already before, and Liv has thrust him in there. So maybe he's transferred that and said, okay, I have to be the guy on the golf course now. But to me, the biggest part is more the, the physical improvements he's made, the, uh, the increase in, in ball speed, the performance with his wedges, as you guys talked about. He's number one strokes gain total, which is a really good indication of just how good he is through the bag. And so maybe there's a confidence he's gained from being the guy, the guy to talk about Liv and lead the new, you know, he and Tiger together kind of put together this elevated tour schedule. And so maybe that's where uh, that's transferring to his confidence on the golf course as well. Whatever it is, I mean, he's playing some absolutely unbelievable golf. And with a couple of extra strokes here and there, just think of what that year could have been. I mean, he could have won the Open Championship he could have come back and won a bunch of other tournaments. He have certainly put himself in contention a number of different times. Uh, so I'm kind of excited to see what the, what the next year is going to hold. He's going to play one more. He's going to play the DP World Tour finale. And then uh, we'll probably see him at the start of the year again. But uh, it's a pretty cool time to, to watch Rory McIlroy because to me it's, it's kind of uh, the best guy playing the best golf right now. And that's always fun. Quickly, because we have to go to break, but to put a button on this, just a quick thought from you on this. Typically over the years, we the narrative has always been that it's important that the number one player in the world and certainly the number one player on the PGA Tour is American because Americans typically only embrace things that are American first and foremost. But with the current narrative that the PGA Tour is becoming an American tour and the Live Golf Series will be the international tour, how important is it that the face of the PGA Tour right now is Irish, not American, to fight that narrative, and he happens to be an Irishman that America has embraced and absolutely loves as well as Canada? Bob, I think you couldn't pick a, a better guy to have the poster boy at the moment. I don't care if he's from Botswana or Australia or <laughs> Turkey or wherever he's from, Canada. I mean, I think he is just the poster boy. You couldn't ask for a perfect more perfect guy to stand up in front of the cameras and the paper, the reporters and stuff and, and, and sell your story. Agreed, Adam. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And even, you know, Rory, we called him an honorary Canadian after winning back to back RVC Canadian opens all in all, wherever he is from Rory McIlroy is, is the poster child or guy of the PGA tour and well-deserved. It's a great thing for the PGA tour. On the other side, we'll do three dub winners. Weird of what this is golf talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Cadillac. Experience the iconic Cadillac sedans and SUVs in a personalized live video tour with all your questions answered in real time. Book your tour at Cadillac.live. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Talk Canada, Zakino Week, Scully, the entire family's here, and it is that time. Three dub, winners, weird and what, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And this week, Bob, the tea is yours, sir. So, so what do I do, just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball. All right, guys. Well, my winner this week takes us to the LPGA Tour, which was playing over in South Korea this week. And Na Yeon Choi, who is... Um, 
a legendary LPGA Tour player. She won the 2012 U.S. Open. She's won, I think, 18 times on the LPGA Tour. Tremendous player announced that she was going to step away from the game, and this in her home country would be her final tournament, and she did it in style. Uh, one of the holes, par three, she lobbed a beautiful little shot, went up, hit the mound, rolled just as she predicted it would, rolled in, and she won a new BMW X7. So there's a, the, you know how they used to say on game shows, you can have a lovely parting gift? That's for her <laughs> parting gift for her career. So good for Nayeon Choi to uh, go out in style with a new car, and congratulations to her on a wonderful career, and she's going to uh, find out what's next, what the next challenge will be. Uh, my weird is uh, back to Rory McIlroy. And uh, he played, of course, with Tom Kim, the, uh, the energetic young player who is uh, taking the PGA Tour by storm. And he was asked after the round, the first round they played, you know, what did you talk, to, talk about other than, um, other than, you know, golf stuff? And he said, well, uh, I asked him if he liked, if he liked food, what kind of food he likes and if he's Chick-fil-A. And he said he likes Chick-fil-A. And I said, well, have you tried Popeye's? And he said, uh, no, I haven't tried that. And, he, and Rory said, oh, you've got to have Popeyes. You've got to have Popeyes. Now, Rory is a convert, I guess, to Popeyes over Chick-fil-A. Our good friend Brad Fritch is like a Chick-fil-A monster. He's a guy who just eats <laughs> breakfast, lunch, and dinner at Chick-fil-A if he could. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's, it was would not the, the kind of the first thing that came to mind when I said, when I thought about it, I wonder what those guys talk about when they're inside the ropes. Chick-fil-A. Mark, are you a, are you a Popeye versus Chick-fil-A guy at all? Do you have no, either of those no, guys? No, Mrs. Golf Talk Canada is a Chick-fil-A monster as well. She could probably go toe-to-toe with Brad Fritch, Mrs. Golf Talk Canada. Wow. Yours truly that's, tries to stay away from the deep-fried chicken sandwiches as often as possible, Bob. But, I mean, I'm with you. And do you remember Rory a couple of years ago uh, bragging about Domino's and how great Domino's is as his road game? So apparently the best players in the world only eat fast food. That's a, it's amazing. You know, I always think they're talking about either golf or maybe some other sports or something, but not chicken sandwiches. Anyway, there they go. <laughs> my, my, what this week is a what a great performance by Aaron Cockrell's wife to save the day for the young Canadian player who was playing over on the European Tour. Got a start, a much-needed start, because he's kind of on the bubble. And he needs to try and get some points and move himself up the DP World Tour rankings. But he arrived in the Madrid Open, and uh, or the Spanish Open, I should say, and he... His clubs did not. Now, luckily, this is kind of a thing that's happening to these people lately, is that he put those air tags, and he knew where his bag was. And from where he was in Mallorca to where his clubs were in Madrid is about a 90-minute flight. So um, knowing the, the, the seriousness of not having your clubs in this important time, what did his wife do? His wife, who is six months pregnant, jumped on a plane, flew, got his clubs, from the Air Canada terminal over there, brought them all the way back, and he went out and made the cut and, uh, and got some, some much-needed uh, reps in on his fight to stay and keep his card privileges. Adam, have you, uh, you guys just came back. Did your clubs make it safely? Have you ever lost your clubs? Yeah, knock on wood, I, my clubs were great, and I've got that Apple AirTag, and I've been three places. I've been to Pebble Beach, Whistler, and now Myrtle Beach in the last five weeks or so. Clubs made it safely. Those Apple AirTags are great. They're really cool. You know, you, you land, and you, you talk to Siri on your phone, and voila, you, you see your, your clubs appearing in the terminal you're currently at. So you just love to see that. All right. Uh, who's going next? Adam? Mark. Mark is going next. Mark, you have the tea. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! 
Well, my truth is a very cool, hilarious tweet from Eric Vinroyan. And, and sometimes it's so simple. I know, Bob, you're a big Greg Chalmers follower on uh, Twitter. And he sent out a hilarious one about an hour ago because there was an article about golf diets, Jess, that said, hitting it off the center of the driver will improve your driving. And Chalmers just replied, really? <laughs> Who knew? With a question mark. I'm like, this guy, he's just so dry and so funny. But Eric Van Royen is my winner because he was at Royal County Down and he put up some photographs. And we all love Royal County Down. I think it's one of the top five golf courses in the world. And Van Royen, as you guys know, is kind of well known for wearing the jogger golf pad. Or I like to refer to as the J is silent, the jogger. Mm. And a couple of guys in his group also had the jogger on and he posted it on Twitter, which is, you know, Twitter, my favorite positive place in the world, Twitter. <laughs> He said, what a place, Royal County Down, and he posted photos. So one of the Live Golf accounts tweeted back to Eric Van Royen saying, Royal County Down dress standards have clearly dropped significantly. And Eric Van Royen's reply, not quite shorts though, eh? <laughs> Very good. I love that. I thought that was just absolutely great. Well done, Eric Van Royen. Okay, my weird. This is a beauty. I'm curious. Have either of you guys ever broken a club accidentally on a golf course? Because Shane Lowry on Thursday in the opening round of the CJ Cup kind of whipped the putter out of the bag too quickly. It went up in the air, and he went to soften the blow with his leg. And instead of softening it, he actually broke the putter. He's playing alongside Matthew Fitzpatrick, who can't stop laughing at this time, and ends up having to drive an hour. He putted the rest of the round with his lob wedge and drove an hour to a PGA Tour Superstore to buy a $230 replacement to, to finish because the tour vans leave on Wednesday. So no Odyssey uh, van there to give him a new putter. Uh, Bob, have you ever broken one by mistake? I never have, luckily enough. I've broken one in, with a temper tantrum one time. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't performing very well. That was a long time ago. That was when I was uh, uh, just a mere youth. But, yeah, no, I've, I've never had one broken. But I've had a couple times where you sort of do something and you think, uh-oh, did I bend the, wed or bend the shaft? And you look down the shaft. But thankfully, nothing, no. Adam, you ever break one by accident? I, I've cracked a few club faces in my day, but that, that's about it. You did it. it on the range with me Shocking. a couple days Shocking. ago. I, I, I did crack a, a club face on, a, on an iron earlier last week, which was uh, eye-opening to me. But other than that, no. No. Oh, there you go. Well, Shane Lowry is in the I broke my putter with a good kick case. Okay, and my what this week? Just, you know, a year ago, how many people on the planet knew who Stephen Alker was, right? I mean, we're going to do... Uh, leaderboard updates uh, coming up on our next uh, segment. But Steve Alker, 14 under par, he wins the Dominion Energy Charity Classic. It's his fourth victory of the year, guys. A year ago, nobody knew who this guy was. He leads the Charles Schwab Cup. He's making over $4 million on the Champions Tour. You want to talk about an ATM machine on your way out in your twilight years of your golf career. Wow. And this is the hardest tour in the world to get on, too, right? Like, everybody talks about how hard it is access to tour. They've got five spots available, usually, on an annual basis to qualify for the Champions Tour. And Stephen Alker now leading the Charles Schwab Cup. What a season for Alker. All right, that does it for me. Scully, tea is yours, sir. 348. Oh. <laughs> oh, man, that is sweet. 
Okay, gents, my winner this week goes back to the DP World Tour. You know, I've always been fond of the videos they've posted from the 500-hole uh, challenge or speed golf or trying to get a, a hole-in-one in a certain amount of shots. They put out a video early last week called the Albatross Challenge where they had three guys, Rafa Cabrera-Beo, Yost Lauten, and Ryan Fox, in the 17th hole at Valderrama that very famous par five, and they all try to make an albatross like Miguel Angel Jimenez did many, many years ago. Now, you guys know I was at Valderrama last year. It absolutely kicked my butt, but it was an amazing experience there. Very hard golf course. They call it the vault, the Augusta of Europe for a reason. And even these guys, too, they, they each hit a shot with a cigar in their mouth, like Jimenez always does when he warms up for uh, his round of golf. So I'd recommend go checking out that video. None of them actually made the albatross. Cabrera Bayo hit it to about two feet on one of his shots, but but uh, definitely recommend go check out that out, DP World Tour, continuing to show the great personalities of some of their members. Okay, my weird this week goes to Corn Ferry Tour Qualifying School, where Gavin Hall was DQ'd for something very interesting. So he, he hit a shot on a par four that all three members in their group saw splash in a water hazard. So instead of assuming that he would go and take a drop in a pen, by a penalty area, play his third shot from there, try to make four the hard way, he instead reteed, which was very interesting. So as soon as you, according to the, what this article I'm reading here, as soon as you tee up a ball, that's a provisional, you declare that that is your ball for the hole. You're now hitting three. But instead, they found his first ball. He hacked it out put onto the green, made his four the hard way, like I mentioned. But one of the caddies in the group noticed this rules infraction, allegedly whispered it to his player, but didn't say it loud enough for Gavin Hall to actually hear this. So after the round, this caddy called it into a rules official, and then the rules official called Gavin Hall saying you're DQ'd. So kind of fascinating way to find out you were DQ'd. Now, Gavin Hall's had a good college career, but Mark, this is just a, a very strange story. Yeah, well, you just you can't hit a provisional from a uh, for a penalty area. You can hit a provisional for a lost ball or out of bounds, but if your ball has clearly entered the penalty area, you, you just can't hit a provisional. Once you hit that ball from the tee, your ball's in play. So I understand why, but just a bizarre communication amongst a group. You figure sportsmanship and stuff. Someone would have said something right there, but I guess not. I guess not. Okay, my what this week, and Mark, I think you can directly relate to this tweet given how you're feeling about your golf game. Max Homa, one of the great personalities in the world of golf on Twitter, he tweeted this 16 hours ago. Dear Golf, we're going to take a break for a little bit. It's not that I don't love you, but it's been a long year, and I want to miss you again. Thank you for understanding. Please beat up some, other, some others while I'm gone. I don't want you to get rusty. Sincerely, a tired golfer. Mark, this is you on the oh, team. Okay. Bob, this week, 65. Not a big deal. 72. 80 would have been the last day, okay? <laughs> I want to know. I want to know those three, the, the first two nights, I want to know the, 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 or the first three, I want to know the uh, bedtimes. Because <laughs> does that correlate to exactly I actually don't what think you want to know reads? that. No, I don't think you want to know that, Bob. I don't think. Just line it up with the. Uh, uh, adult beverages and bedtime hours. There's definitely a connection here, Bob. Maybe. <laughs> Arguably. And like I said, we could do an all Can-Am Cup winners win or what because, again, a member of Team Canada came within seconds of being tased. That's all you need to know. So. <laughs> all right, guys, on the other side, we're going to do leaderboard updates from the world of golf. This is Golf Talk Canada. 
This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the all-new Tour 360 fit, while the new direct-injected Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Welcome to Golf Talk Canada. Welcome back. As we wrap up today's show, let's do some leaderboard updates in the world of golf. Brought to you by Bushnell Golf. BushnellGolf.com, the number one range finder in all of golf. Go check out our friends at Bushnell on the DP World Tour. Yannick Paul gets it done over Von Delhausen and Waring. We should mention Ryan Fox, only two off the lead. Fox continues to play well on the DP World Tour, but congratulations to Yannick Paul getting it done. That's in Spain, Majorca. On the LPGA Tour, Lydia Ko, her 18th professional career win, 21 under par. Great to see Lydia Ko playing well back in the winner's circle. We mentioned Stephen Alker, his fourth win of the season. He leads the Charles Schwab Cup. It's a one-shot win over K.J. Choi to kick off their playoff run at the Dominion Energy Charity Classic. And on the PGA Tour, Rory McIlroy, 17 under par, one-shot win over Kurt Katayama, and a two-shot win over K.H. Lee. Tommy Fleetwood and John Rahm, Finishing three off the pace of 14 under par. Rory McIlroy, now the number one player in the official world golf rankings. Now, uh, we hate to end today's show on a bit of a sad note, but uh, we lost a member of the TSN family uh, this week. And Golf Talk Canada just wants to send their love and prayers uh, to the Zupank family. Matt Zupank, who I only had the opportunity to meet once, maybe twice uh, over the years, uh, lost his battle with uh, cancer earlier this week, Adam, and uh, we're very saddened here at TSN. Yeah, very sad to, to hear this news. And uh, I, I worked a lot with Matt in the newsroom and uh, just an absolute passion and love for life that will never be matched. And whenever I saw him in the newsroom, I, I knew it was going to be just a, a great day and, and seeing uh, all the, the tributes and everyone reach out, everyone... Everyone knew he was an, an amazing guy, and he had a passion for all sports, uh, especially curling, uh, football, golf, hockey, and he made you laugh like no one could make you laugh. And uh, the sports in our newsroom will never be the same. And uh, it's a very tough time, and uh, thinking of the Zupank family uh, during this um, very rough time. Uh, Bob, I know you want something to say, too. Yeah, he was a great, really, really enthusiastic guy. You'd sit down in the newsroom. I worked with him a lot on the curling, and he would be so into it. It just like he'd come out. It didn't matter what sport it was, though. He was just so enthusiastic about it, and he knew everything about it. He knew every, like you would not think that this guy would know anything about curling. He knew stuff from way back, from uh, yesterday, and he would put it all together, and most of the highlights we saw in curling on SportsCenter were done by this guy, and uh, just a really fun guy to be around. I didn't know him as well as, as Adam knew him, but... Um, it was a real treat and, and a real, real sad story at 30 years old to, uh, to pass away with cancer is, uh, is not something that, uh, that you want to see, especially for, for this guy who was such a, as Adam says, such a bright light and an enthusiastic guy. 
our love and our prayers to the Zupank family. Too young, too soon. Uh, it's you know, time is not guaranteed. Matt, Matt will be missed at, uh, amongst TSN and uh, all his co-workers. So uh, again, love and prayers to the family and to the friends. Uh, from a Golf Talk Canada standpoint, the rest of the way, we'll continue our one-hour winter schedule every Monday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. right through the winter until January the 23rd. On January the 23rd, we will kick off season 13 of Golf Talk Canada back to two hours, 10 a.m. to 12 noon. That is the Monday leading into Torrey Pines and the Farmers Insurance Open. On January the 23rd, we will have a major announcement regarding the largest season ever for Golf Talk Canada, as well as some news and information on the return of 20 weeks of TaylorMade, and it's going to be a lot of fun and very different coming up in 2023. But we're bigger and we're better than ever starting next year. But again, we're not going anywhere. Uh, still lots to cover. Year in review specials. The PGA Tour are still continuing to play. We're expecting to see Charlie and Tiger maybe at the father and son. We've got a Hero World Challenge. Lots to get to. And then we'll flip the calendar. It'll be Kapalua, winners only. Top 30 Tour Championship invited this year as well to the primetime kickoff to the calendar season. And then in 2024, Kapalua will return to its rightful position the start of the new season as opposed to the wraparound schedule. Looking forward to that. Bob, have a great week. Adam, have a great week. You guys are the best. Bob, good to see you. I feel like it's been a month. Uh, Adam, take care. You guys have a good one. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy your fall golf. And remember... First good decision on the golf course starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the all-new Tour 360 fit, while the new direct-injected Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.